You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you guys today. We're going to do a series overview for Carolina versus Clemson and why Clemson has been hot on the trail in recent years. We're going to preview the game with three keys to victory for the Tar Heels. And finally, we're going to hear from Roy Williams, who was asked, a com- asked about his opinion on quitting the ACC tournament or opting out rather and gave his thoughts, which were interesting. So we're going to talk about that all today. Hope you guys are having a great start to your Tuesday. You are excited for tonight's matchup. It is going to be a good one. Carolina is feeling themselves. They had a nice little five-day break between games, which is rare for ACC competition play, but we'll take it. We'll take the opportunity to rest, but can Carolina not be sleeping, right? Can Carolina come up and get excited and ready for a team that defensively is going to give them their money's worth? So Carolina versus Clemson tonight at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. We're looking forward to a great matchup between two very good up-and-coming developing teams, in my opinion, based on recent years. You know, Carolina obviously has the series lead by a lot, 133 to 22, including 40 and 17 on the road in 2019. 20 and 29 and 14. There we go at Little John Coliseum. So basically Clemson's home territory. So Carolina's dominant. But as we've seen in recent years, Carolina has always played close to Clemson for whatever reason. <laughs> Tigers were so close in opportunities to finally win at the Dean Dome and eventually did. Carolina did not exactly have the greatest year last year. We know that. But the Tigers finally were able to beat the Tar Heels at. Carolina country, right? The Tigers have won two of the last three games, but Roy Williams is 21-4 and against Clemson as head coach of the Heels. Carolina has won five of the last six at Little John Coliseum, including an 81-79 most recent game on March 2nd of 2019. So it's important to note this is a special game for Roy Williams as Clemson will be Roy's 300th regular season ACC game as Carolina's head coach. So win or lose, Carol Williams will be, have the second most wins of any coach in history after 300 regular season ACC games. So shout out to Coach Williams for that. Coach was is 208 and 91 entering the game. Carolina Zine Smith was 220 and 80, and Duke Mystrzewski was 297 after three game 300 games rather. Excuse me. So Smith, Williams, and Krzyzewski are the only coaches ever to win 200 or more regular season ACC games. They are among six coaches to coach 300 regular season ACC games. All right, so all that, good details. What does that mean? Not much, because we all know that it's a Johnny-come-lately industry. It's a Johnny-come-lately program, right? It's a Johnny-come-lately wins at the end are all that matter. What is your most recent one and how quickly or often did you do it? You know, it could take you 300, but in the day, 
if you have a Clemson loss on your belt, people are going to start to question, you know, maybe it's that time to retire, right? Maybe it's that time to reflect and say that, you know, we need to pass off the reins to Heber Davis or whoever is next in line and think about how you can bring a team that doesn't necessarily have the resume of past players, but how can you still make them great? I think that's more reflective of how good or bad a coach is. If you don't have a one five-star people, can you still make them worth the snuff? And so Carolina is definitely going to have a time with that. The last time that Carolina played Clemson, Clemson beat the UNC 79-76 in overtime at the Smith Center on January 11th in 2020. It was UNC's first loss in 60 games to Clemson in Chapel Hill. The 59-0 record was the longest unbeaten streak at home against an opponent in NCAA history. So there was so much riding on it. I'm sure the pressure surmounted the Tar Heels for that team. Couldn't bust their way out of a paper bag. They were not you know, the toughest team mentally. They were not the toughest team on the floor. They showed it, right? It was just all around a horrible year, in my opinion, for the Tar Heels. UNC led Clemson 39-29 at the half and 68-58 with 1.56 to play. But the Tigers tied the game at 70. And it was just apropos of how the year had gone for the Tar Heels in terms of letting teams get back in it and feeling like they had an opportunity to win. They tied the game at 70 on a three-field goal by Amir Sims, who we all know is going to be back tonight against the well, with the Tigers rather, with three seconds left. The Tar Heels committed three turnovers in the last minute and a half, and the Tigers made their last four field goal attempts to send the game to overtime. Tar Heel senior guard at the time, Brandon Robinson, made five threes and scored a career-high 27 points, so he gave everything he had. Garrison Brooks posted his fourth consecutive double-double with 13 points, so he gave it all he had and had 11 rebounds. Armando Baker had 21 points on 7 of 10 shooting from the floor. Leaky Black made his first career start at that point and had five assists so we know that he's graduated in the sense of maturity and his playing ability Andrew Playtech made his first career start as well we know he's graduated and made better for his abilities to be on the floor he had eight points and a career highs in rebounds and assists on that night and it still wasn't enough but positive vibes positive flowing that we all know as we reiterate time and time again and this is not the same team for one I know that Garrison Brooks is playing a lot better than he has last year. And I mean, he was great for us, right? But in terms of just not having the stress of being the guy, I think he's played more of a relaxed game in recent matchups. I think that Armando Bacot is having one of the best years in all of college basketball, really. And he has certainly been the guy who's been fed well on the inside. Inside the paint, he has done everything he can to lead the heels. He has taken, you know, he to... Roy Williams' advice and all of that good stuff. So he's able to fix his mistakes and fix them quickly. Again, Leaky Black, Andrew Playtech, they are senior leaders now. They're expected to do things that, you know, not necessarily they were called upon last year, but now even more so they have Roy Williams down their throat about (laughs) stepping up. So we'll have a different team, right? We'll have Caleb Love. We'll have RJ Davis. We'll have a Kerwin Walton having to step in and pick up guard play. Can they repeat a Brandon Robinson type performance and give us five threes and career high 27 points? We haven't seen that out of any of those guys yet, any of our guards. So that is something to be Make sure we keep in mind as we watch tonight's matchup again at 7 p.m. on ACC Network. I'm looking forward to it. 
And if any of you are traveling, I hope you do so safely. I hope you have the opportunity to see the heels in person because, of course, it's always nice to be able to see basketball games when it's safe to do so. And if you're thinking about driving down to Little John Coliseum, make sure you get your car checked out through rockauto.com, the family business serving auto part customers for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, make sure you realize they got everything, okay? From engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And that's rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Now we're talking Clemson versus UNC tonight at 7 p.m. We are excited about it. I know Carolina needs a big win. they got to keep the momentum going. We are on a roll. We've won six out of seven. We need to just feel the energy, feel the vibes, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, all that cool running stuff. We need that tonight, right? And we're going to go up against some pretty good opponent or pretty good players I should say rather right so the starting five from Duke game for Clemson was Clyde Trapp, Hunter Tyson, Alamir Dawes, Amir Sims, and John Newman III and I mentioned how Amir Sims was able to get Clemson back in the game last year and ultimately help them win in overtime in 2020 but let's talk about the fact that Amir Sims has not let up steam right he's still playing incredibly well he was recently named one of the 15 players to the Defensive Player of the Year, Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Award watch list. He also made the top 10 of the Carl Malone Award watch list. So Sims is no joke. He is doing his thing, right? He is someone that is going to give Carolina problems all night. He posted his seventh double-digit scoring game of the season with 19 points at Duke. On January 30th, Sims finished 6 of 12 from the field. He has also he also has two 20-point outings this season. So there's guys, or when we talk about the team as a whole, right, they are certainly going to give us trouble when it comes to, you know, def- defensively. I would certainly bet the under if you're going to betonline.ag. I think that based on how Carolina struggles to score and how, uh Clemson doesn't want you to they do great with 50 point games or less Clemson keeps you (laughs) they always win right they are the type of team that is able to make you sweat they make you play perfect they make you play where you have to execute every play how it's supposed to go they don't really want you to get offensive rebounds they do their best to not let you get offensive rebounds and that's something that of course 
Carolina prides themselves in doing. They have the motto, Clemson, we too deep, right? Clemson will look to use as many as 12 players in most games as it attempts to utilize its depth as one of its main strengths in this season. The Tigers bench has produced 25 plus points in 10 out of 15 games. Clemson has also had as many as 14 different scorers this season with seven averaging over five points per game. So that is going to be a huge factor for Carolina. As you know, we have depth, right? We Well, let me put it in perspective. We have a lot more depth than we did last year. Injuries was such a thing for us, right? We have the Anthony Harris's of the world. We have the Puff Johnsons of the world, right? We have the Walker Kessler's of the world. Even have the Andrew Playtest coming off the bench from time to time helping us. So we have the depth as well. But I do know that our bench is going to have to step up in big ways, especially if guys like Daron Sharp or Garrison Brooks get into foul trouble. Like if Daron has to take a break and sit down, can we have a Walker Kessler come in for a good minute and just not mess it up, right? Maintain, game manage, do your thing while you're still learning your gazelle ways, right? Can we have that? <laughs> going into tonight's matchup. That's what we're going to need. And if you think about it, I was reading up on Clemson even more. They said a key word in their program is sacrifice. And that's certainly been emphasized this season. Obviously, this whole 2020 year, the fact that we're still in a pandemic is all about sacrifice because we're still here (laughs) playing basketball in despite of with college players for free. But I digress. We'll get into that more later in the show. But let's talk about the fact that Carolina is certainly going to be a team that's going to have to make Clemson pay because Clemson has a different hunger to me, in my opinion, when you are always looked as the underdog, you're always looked as like the second, you know, the ugly stepchild of ACC hoops, right? You have your tears. You're not your regular blue buds. You're not your Carolinas and Dukes of the world. You've always been looked at as the otherlings. Like you help teams like the NC States, the Carolinas and the Dukes get into the tournament because it was the, the wins, right, that you need. You like pick up wins to make your ACC record look better. But tides are changing, right? FSU literally sits at top of the ACC. We have Louisville sitting at top right now currently. But, you know, in terms of being the ACC champion last year, it was FSU. But Louisville, FSU, right, having – well, I guess you could say Louisville is a stable program, but they weren't really ACC always, right? So, like – you know, you knew what I was trying to say. You you flown with me, right? Okay, cool. My point is, we have new blood trying to come in and take over for the Clemsons and Dukes of the world. You saw Duke lose for the Carolinas and Dukes of the world. You saw Duke lose last night to Miami, which was interesting. They dropped the game losing, what, two, three points, 77-73, I believe it was. Um, and it was just hard to think about the fact that Duke is not the same. They're not playing up to snuff. They're not dominating teams. They're making a lot of mental mistakes, which I'm sure is driving Coach K nuts. I say they were saving it all for Saturday, right? But who really knows? They could not have been, but I'm sure I'm leaning more towards that than anything. However, it's just a new age, right? At the end of the day, nobody's scared to play Carolina. Nobody's scared to play Duke. If anything, last year, you saw how Carolina came in. You're not scared of them. (laughs) Be, all you got to do is beat your tough team one time and then you get like, okay, it's not that hard. You beat them at their house of all things. You really understand that it's not that hard. And so Carolina definitely is going to have to play like they are some type of underdog. They have been sacrificing a lot this season. They are the ones that no longer want to be, te- they want to get back to where they were and they don't want teams to feel like it's just easy to beat them. So again, the starting lineup, 
potentially for Clemson will be Clyde Trapp, Hunter Tyson, Al Amir Dawes, Amir Sims, John Newman. Those are the guys I think we should most look out for, Amir Sims specifically, because he is going to defend the hell out of our guards tonight. And I just know mental mistakes is going to be something that could cripple us. So speaking of things, I think that are going to be three keys, right? Three keys to victory for Carolina. They're going to have to have a high scoring offense tonight. I know it's going to be difficult and challenging against someone who is arguably one of the best defenders in the country, but you're going to figure it out. Whether it's feeding your bigs, you know, whether it's having him, you know, go to sleep, hand down, man, whatever it is, you're going to have to have a high scoring offense. You can't let you can't let Clemson feel like it's close. You, they play amazing defense. So you do not want them to get up to snuff because they can get to the rack, right? They have figured out how to do that against teams. And Carolina seems to struggle when it gets tight, in my opinion. They've got lucky in certain situations already this year in that Notre Dame game. But they cannot let this get close with Clemson because it will not go their way, in my humble, humble opinion. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm right. Now, number two, they have to out-rebound. You're going to need all the second-chance opportunities you get. We've seen how Carolina struggles to do it right the first time. They did it well in their last matchup. However, this time, I'm not quite sure they're going to get, you know, first-chance execution, right? So, you did it well with uh, Wake Forest. You did it well with Pitt. You did it well with NC State. But I believe that Carolina's going to have to continue to out-rebound their opponents in order to be in games. They're going to also have to have less turnovers than their opponent because we know they've been able to skate by and win a couple games where they've had more turnovers than their opponents, but their defense somehow lets things go their way or their opponents honestly mess up (laughs) and they screwed up in the end themselves. But I think that Carolina just has to stick with what they know how to do best, right? And that's give your team every opportunity to score. Finally, I think the wing play has to be better, right? you got to shoot some threes tonight. you got to make them. And, we like, Kerwin's got to shoot about three or four. You can't get all nervous. Caleb Love, if it looks good, feels good, try. Try a couple times. But then after a while, you gotta have, you got to kick it out somebody else, big dog, right? If that ain't your shot for tonight, that ain't your shot for tonight. If you can say make some solid, solid jumpers, which is rare, but, hey, I'm going to give you that, too. If you can make some solid jumpers, I'm good for that. But, Leaky Black, you got a career high four threes. Haven't seen you since. I need to come on back, right? Andrew Playtech, I need two to three. I need two to three threes on the night, all right? So that's my three keys to victory. We'll see how we do tomorrow. Actually, we'll do a little post game, right? I promise you guys I'll give you a post-game recap, so I'll give you a little quick quickie and see how my three keys to victory panned out. But, again, if you're going to bet tonight, make sure you bet the under, in my opinion, at betonline.ag. That's the only place that has you covered and the only place that I trust. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game and team and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, 
We're gearing up for Carolina versus Clemson tonight at 7 p.m. on the ACC Network. Get ready for an exciting time, right? We're keeping up our win streak. I know our ladies dropped that Virginia Tech game, but we still want to flow on the men's side. We still want to get them wins back so when the men feel it, the women can feel it too, and we all just keep rolling, right? Bet. Last thing I wanted to bring up today, the fact that Rory Williams had you know, a pregame presser talking about how he feels about everything that's going on, how he feels like Clemson will beat up against his team. And then he made one comment talking about teams or, or you know, people who decide to opt out of the ACC tournament given everything that's going on, everything that could potentially go on with the tournament and safety and what have you. And you know, he gave opinions and made statements about how opting out meant quitting right? Opting out at this point means you quit and give up on your team. Now, I feel a lot of ways <laughs> because I talked about this a lot on college football about opting out and feeling indifferent. I talked on Locked on College Football, the other podcast that I host on Mondays. You guys can make sure you check that out. And, you know, there was one point where one of my co-hosts was saying how, like, opting out is quitting, you know, mid-season or, like, eight, you know, two games left in the season, it's quitting. You know, to have Roy say, like, up to this point, the ACC tournament uh, would be quitting if you don't play. In some ways, I'm like, well, you know, yeah, I am, like, a all-in, all-team person all the time. So I'm kind of one of those, like, psycho former athletes who was just like, I'm going to give everything I can. I've never been in a pandemic situation. I've never had to compete in a pandemic. Like, given the fact that I would have had to be in a swimming pool, I don't know how I would have felt about that because I think hygiene is very huge and it's not very huge in swimming environments. Um, chlorine does not kill everything. Chlorine does not kill coronavirus when I think about it. When you think about opting out, especially during the ACC tournament time, I think that if you are going to allow programs and institutions to do that, why did you even play in the first place? So in some ways, I guess I agree with Rory because I'm like, if, it, if COVID was always bad, right? COVID was always an issue. It's always been a struggle. We shouldn't be playing in the first place. That's my opinion, right? We shouldn't be playing in the first place. And if you're going to make them play, you should be giving these kids money, period. They're essential workers. That's how I feel, right? Because they're keeping a lot of us, you know, on payroll. Great. They should be making money themselves too. So if you're going to do that in the pandemic and make them do all that, give them money. If you're going to say, F it, let's play, then we're going to play to the fullest and let's just get it all done. And that's what seems to be the mentality of everyone, right? Like COVID be damned, pandemic be damned, job loss, family, depression, all that be damned. We seem to be wanting to play and have some quote unquote BS normalcy. So it's almost to the point where I'm like, I just don't even understand why we're pretending like opting out is an option like I guess if your team is so bad to the point where there's no point of you even trying like let's say for a Boston College who's going to have to play with scout people tonight despite the fact and they end up not playing because FSU had a positive test but they were going to make them play with four scholarship kids and some scout team members and play a game against FSU the number 20 team in the country made absolutely no sense but again COVID be damned pandemic be damned who cares? They want the TV money and they want to play. So you're making it very clear what is important to you. So let's stop pretending like there is even really an option to allow these institutions to not play or not do whatever, what have you. Like these 80s are obviously going to call these coaches and be like, listen, you have to, right? Like this is not if and their buds. These keep, this keeps money in a lot of people's pockets, all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know 
why we pretend like we're not going to play or why there's even an option to opt out. I think it's silly. Yeah, I've seen teams opt out when it was like five games in, but now here we are in friggin' February getting ready to go into March. I highly doubt any team that when there was a lot of talk to sit here and say, let's reevaluate fell on deaf ears. Nobody sat back. There was no pause to anybody's schedule. Never, nobody reevaluated nothing. So over that, like I'm over trying to feel like and fake like we're, we're genuinely trying to uh, understand these kids or feel for these kids or make sure we're looking out for the best interest of the student athlete. I'm over the fluff. <laughs> I'm very anti-fluff right now. I'm very anti-pretending that this is all about trying to ensure the student ha- athletes' health and well-being. Because at the end of the day, if you're telling them that they have to isolate by themselves in a door with nobody else and they don't get to see their family, what are you doing that for their well-being? If their coaches get to see their family, if the staff gets to see their family, if everyone else gets to be around other people and they have to be isolated, like give me actually a break, okay? So over it. Don't want to hear no more. I don't believe anybody should opt out at this point. I don't believe. I don't even believe that they shouldn't. I just believe it's not going to happen. Can I say that? Right. I don't even believe it's going to happen at the end of the day because we all know what rules and what the situation is really about. So let's put that to bed. Coach Roy can say anything he wants, and that's his right and his opinion. And I just feel like he, I mean, he knows full well that it's a bunch of malarkey saying people are going to opt out. It is kind of quitting because at the end of the day, we're all sacrificing to make everything work and run. Right. And nobody cares about our well-being either. So that's my soapbox spiel. Take it for what you will. <laughs> Please hit me up at Locked on Heels or at Candace D. Cooper if you want to talk about it. I'm good on it. I would love to have that conversation with anybody who's willing, ready and willing, because at the end of the day, listen, I keep it all in perspective here on Locked on Heels. I keep it all in perspective. Like I enjoy covering this team. I enjoy covering, you know, my alma mater. I will do it as long as I'm allowed. But I'm not about to sit here and like play like <laughs> this is everything that matters in the world, right? So I'm going to enjoy the game. I'm going to get on these guys when they don't do well, but I'm going to give them grace and tough love and say, all right, next one. Thank you so much for playing in a pandemic. Thank you so much for sacrificing. Like that's where I'm at with all of this. So now y'all know, and now we can keep it 100 as we always do here on this show. Uh, that's all I got for y'all today, right? That's all I got. <laughs> I'm going to end on a high saying it's, really cool to be safe wash your hands stay smart and safe out there in this world it's really cool like I'm saying it's so hip to just follow guidelines and protocols I'm trying to tell you it's just so dope to really just monitor your however you're trying to be better for the outside world so we can all get through this together it's so cool you will be the hippest person I know if you do that so there's that I hope you guys have a great start to your day if you hear this on the back end again seven o'clock tonight ACC Network, Clemson vs. Carolina. We're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to tweeting about it at Locked on Heels. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. Have a great Tuesday. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.